The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. I'd like to draw your attention to the second reading today, that beautiful reading of St. Paul, a letter written to the people of Philippi, the Philippians. This is one of the oldest texts we have in our Christian tradition, the oldest text. It's written just a few decades after Christ ascended to the Father. And in it, we hear these incredible words, these words which really speak to the center of our Christian faith. They say that the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, became man, humbled himself, and as St. Paul says, took the form of a slave. A slave. The Son of God taking the form of a slave. What is more terrible than slavery? Such an offense against human dignity. It's it's. Also the exact opposite of freedom, freedom which God allegedly came to give you and me, freedom. And yet here Christ is taking the form of a slave. Paul goes on to say in the same letter we heard read that we ought to have the same attitude of Christ, Christ who took the form of a slave. And elsewhere, Paul confirms this by saying in a different letter, he calls himself, I, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, so-and-so. What are we to make of all of this, this talk of slavery, of God making himself the form of a slave and asking us to be slaves to him? We take a look at that concept, slavery, to us. It is a horror, but it is something that is an abstraction to us, not something we experience in daily life. But in the ancient world, in the world of St. Paul, in the world that Jesus would walk, it was a daily experience. Scholars say that if we were to go back in a time capsule to that time, the most shocking thing to us would be the prevalence of slavery in that ancient civilization. It was everywhere. And what was a slave at that time, or who was a slave at that time? It was someone whose entire being was for their master. All that they did and all that they had and owned was for the sake of the one who owned them. It was a total giving of freedom over to that person. So how strange it is, how utterly strange it is, we have this language of God becoming our slave. 
that his whole being is for us. But that is exactly what our faith is. That is what the cross is. God becoming man to give us his whole self, his whole being, so that we might participate in his divinity. That he might give us freedom. Freedom that we get from God. But now again, Paul says to put on this attitude of Christ so ourselves become slaves to Christ. But if we look at ourselves, if we take a step back and look at ourselves, look at others and see the human heart, see how often we give of our lives, of our hearts to someone or something else. We see in the gospel, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and scribes who have given their whole hearts and lives to the law. Not to God, but to the law of God. We look around, we see, we know people that give their whole lives and hearts to their work or to the pursuit of success or the pursuit of beauty or the achieving of some fame or to those who give their hearts and lives to sin. I might say that our hearts, our human hearts, were designed to be given away, because indeed they are. But anytime we give our hearts to something of this world, our freedom is limited. We're bound to that thing or someone in a way that limits our freedom. But this is especially true in sin, in sin, it's not unlike addiction. If you've spoken to someone recovering from addiction, the more we give in to sin, the harder it is to choose the good, to choose something else than sin. It becomes a habit. In a real way, in a very real way, the sinner gives up some of their freedom in order to be attached to that sin. On the other hand, on the other hand, the more we choose to put others before ourselves, the more we choose to be selfless, to serve, well, the easier and more enjoyable it becomes. You can ask any one of the many volunteers of this parish. It's, well, it's addictive. It's, it's contagious. The more you volunteer for something, the more you want to keep giving back and serving. And the easier and more enjoyable it becomes, the more we give of ourselves. We become free. Free to serve, free to give of ourselves. That's true freedom. So with this in mind, let's take a look at that gospel story, the parable of the father and his two sons, asking them to work in the vineyard. And the second son, he's the one that says, well, what his dad wants to hear, but then chooses to disobey him by not going to work. Now the world, the world is, might call this freedom. Right, see, that, yeah, that son, he, he does what he wants. He's free. But that's not real freedom. That's not real freedom, just doing what we want. That's a very simplified, worldly version of freedom, not real freedom. We can even imagine this second son. We can imagine that perhaps when his father asked him to work, you know, he said, yeah, I, I do want to work. I do want to obey you, father. But then his habit of selfishness, of laziness, kind of overwhelmed that initial impulse to say yes, to serve. It overwhelmed him, again, like an addiction, an addiction to laziness or just having whatever, serving pleasure. That's not freedom. He wanted to serve the Father at first, but he gave in to his habits. 
The first son, on the other hand, the first son, the one who says initially that he will not work, but then chooses to put his father's needs before his own, to put his family's needs before his own. Here, this son demonstrates authentic freedom because he has the ability to choose to do the right thing, the ability to choose the right thing. He doesn't have these habits or dispositions to just keep choosing himself over and over again. He's free to give of himself to others, which is what you and I, we're all created for, to give of our hearts, to put others before us. This is the freedom of Christ. The freedom of Christ, which is a great paradox of our faith because God became our slave. God became our slave, who is almighty, all-powerful, became our slave so that we might have this freedom. The incarnation, the center of our faith is that God gave us the power to choose others before ourselves. That is freedom. If we give our hearts to anything other than God, then our freedom is diminished. But giving our hearts to God first and true freedom is unlocked. Surrendering to God and we are truly free. Free to be who he created you and me to be. And free to flourish as human beings who love and serve.